Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I just want to start off by saying I love Life Church. I love Sundays with you guys. It is something I truly look forward to every week, man. It's awesome to come in and have a family perspective. And by family perspective, I mean is you're, you're toting the load of the person next to you. Because what I always was raised in, well, I didn't have a perfect family by no means. We went through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of things that could have went a different way. But one thing I will take from my family is that we had each other's back. It didn't matter what hell or high water, whatever you needed, family was just there for family. And I believe as Life Church, as a body, that's exactly what you get when you come here. You get brought in, you're adopted in this family, we don't kick you out when you do something wrong or you don't get it all right. Family's family, and we stick with you when you have it right, and we stick with you when you have it wrong. So I love Sundays here at Life Church. Uh, God gave me this word a little while back, and I'm going to try my best to stay calm and present it calmly, but I'm not real great at it, just not. Even if I'm down here, it doesn't even matter. Y'all kind of close, I'll get all up in your business. But uh, this, this comes out of the story of blind Bartimaeus, and I just want to read these scriptures. Josh has already prayed. I know it's a shocker that I'm coming out of there, this, but uh, I'm going to come out of the story, and I'm going to, uh, it's actually awesome. I'm, I'm actually glad Pastor brought it up this morning because he come at it from a different way, and that's one thing I'm excited about is that a man of God can sit down under the anointing, read this scripture, and get a totally different perspective than what Holy Spirit gave me. So I just think that's really beautiful, and it's the life that God talks about is in his word. It's living. If you don't read it, you don't get your own revelation. We have to stop basing our lives off of what someone else can do. That's why we live powerless. That's why we look at great and mighty men of God and women of God that set the foundation of faith in our country, and we envy but don't imitate. That's why we stand in a place and we're so hungry to do something and we get so uncomfortable with just church life and we don't ever imitate it. We just desire to have it and we live our whole lives void of a purpose because we just can't grab a hold of it. I love that word he preached this morning. But I want to read some scripture and I I just have to pray again to get my mind right, get Holy Spirit flowing in this place. Uh, But let's jump over to Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 46 and... uh. Yeah, we'll start there. I'm sure Nisha's got it up because she is awesome. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho and his disciples, this is Jesus leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude. Everybody say great multitude. All right, let's emphasize on this big crowd. It's a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, uh, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. I want you to check out the shift right there before we pray. Beginning of the scripture, be quiet. Shut your mouth, be quiet. Now Jesus, his attention is drawn to Bartimaeus, and the crowd says, Be of good cheer, They jumped on the bandwagon really fast. When Jesus got involved, they hopped on Bartimaeus' plea and wanted to know what was going on. Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want from me, Bartimaeus? What do you want? 
The blind man said to him, Rabbi, however you say that, that I may receive my sight. I just want to stop. We're, gonna, we're just going to focus in on what do you want me to do for you. Let's pray right quick. Holy Spirit, you got a plan. You're good. You're the exact representation of my Father's mind and heart for me, this body, and you're just radiating love right now. God, I'm believing for the miraculous. God, miraculous just does not occur in physical health, but it occurs in the mending of a broken heart the renewing of a broken mindset. And when we discover who we are, Satan can't contradict anything you say because it's truth, it's life. And I pray tonight, God, out of the revelation of your word, we build our house on the rock and not on sand. We live in a place of confirmation that we're loved sons and daughters and we've got a purpose. I love you, Jesus. Amen. So we're gonna jump into this story right quick of blind Bartimaeus. And I want you to take yourself and put yourself in the scripture of what's happening. Jesus, the mighty man of God, is, is going about all the places and he's doing signs, wonders, and miracles. And he's, he's getting pretty famous and he's got this great multitude following him out of the city. And then he's coming up on blind Bartimaeus. And I, I, want you to, I want you to put yourself in the perspective of blind Bartimaeus. Because I can imagine he's laying here on the side of the road. Okay, and being blind, I just really have no idea of what's going on. I just really don't know what's going on because I can hear, and when I'm blind, my senses are enhanced, and I can hear really well, and I can sense things when they're walking on the ground, and I can just picture him laying beside the road, and he begins to hear a multitude. I can just imagine you're trying to pick out these voices, and it's just really loud, and you're already uncomfortable because you're timid because you can't really see the way people see you, but you're really timid about how you carry yourself already because you just, you know, you feed off of the way people look at you when you're talking and you can't really see anybody and you can't distinguish anything. And then all of a sudden I can just imagine the crowd comes walking by and you, you hear, man, that's Jesus. Do you see what he did the other day? And blind Bartimaeus just kind of catches it. And he's like, oh man, that's Jesus of Nazareth. I heard about him. He carries what I need. He carries it. But see, here in this moment, I'm blind. I can't really tell. So I can imagine he's kind of trying to feel his way around and all he's feeling is legs and dust kicking up because it says he was laying there. And you can imagine that moment of feeling so timid because you have nowhere it is. And I don't know if you've ever talked talk to a blind person, but they can't know where you are until they hear you. So can you imagine in a multitude of voices, just you have no idea where Jesus is at. So you want to get his attention, but you have no idea which way you need to talk to. So that begins to race through your mind, that chatterbox of, I need Jesus, but I don't really know where he's at in this crowd. Could you imagine the things that begin to go through your mind of, I just better not talk. And then finally, you just know that Jesus has got your answer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, help me, have mercy on me. Could you imagine being so timid, being blind your entire life, and the very thing you need is passing by. Jesus! And the crowd begins to tell him to shut up. Shut up. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Man, that's Jesus. You don't talk to him like that. How many times is what we need is passing by, but the voice in our own mind, that junk chatterbox, or the enemy begins to tell you to shut up. But you know what's so good is that the crowd began to tell him truths. They said, shut up, because they were wanting to honor Jesus. 
They weren't throwing him lies because it was true. It was outrageous in my mind to just start yelling at the man of God. But that's the place we've got to get to when we know Jesus has what we need. We've got to stop worrying about our dignity and lay it down for the answer. But we live such void lives of power because we're so scared to lay something down, dignity, pride, to get to a place where I get what I need. Bartimaeus didn't care. Man, if you were blind and you knew your answer was passing by, Jesus, Jesus. And then Jesus hears him. You imagine that moment, Scott, when you're blind? But uh, let me ask you this. Could you imagine that moment when you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, when your finances are crumbling, when your health is crumbling, when your family's crumbling? Could you imagine that moment when you get Jesus' attention? Jesus! I can get him to come here. And I, I love the Shia. Put those scriptures back up there for me, Nisha, if you don't mind. I love the Shia. Be of good cheer. He's rising. He's calling. Just a few scriptures ago, we just seen the crowd tell him to shut up. But now he's got Jesus' attention, so everybody that was telling him to be quiet is now, be of good cheer. He's calling you. So my very... Things standing in the path of me getting what I need is now on board. Jesus, be of good cheer. He's calling you. He's calling you up. And I love this because throughout this entire story, Barnabas never focuses on what he doesn't have. He focuses on what he does have. But see, he had a voice and he had ears and he had legs that worked. They were functional. They were good. And he decided to use what he had to get what he didn't have. See, as a church body, we've got great functioning parts, but we justify an entire life of timidity and weakness because of what we don't have. If we got our focus off of what I don't have and I put it on Jesus and what I do have, it will get me in a position coming up. Oh, man, this is going to be good. I promise you, Life Church, if you open up your mind and heart tonight, we're going to see miracles that change your mindset and get you to a place where you walk like Jesus walked. See, Jesus calls him up. He calls him up. He's sitting there. Jesus. And they told him to shut up. They told him to shut up. That chatterbox in his mind. In your mind, when it begins to tell you, you know, the last time Holy Spirit gave you a word and you didn't bank on it, why would you do it now? You know, the last time your kids acted up and you wanted to handle them a better way and you didn't, what makes you think you can handle them better now? You know, that time six years ago when I was trying to give you something in prayer, you didn't capitalize on it? Shut up. No, you shut up. You hush. I've got something that needs to be handled by Jesus, and I'm not okay with laying blind for the rest of my life. You know what's sad is we've got a church full of people that have become content with being blind and spend their whole lives emphasizing what they don't have. You're slam full of stuff. Get off of yourself and get on Jesus. That's why we have people that have no idea how to work in the power of the Holy Spirit because it's all on what you don't have. I give you guys these testimonies, no glory to me. My God, I'm useless without Jesus. 
But I have come to the conclusion I have to have him. And I'm no longer putting the emphasis on what I don't have right, and I'm putting it on what he made right. But see, if you don't ever transition, you'll lay by the road blind. Jesus called him up. He said, forget the crowd. Jesus! You know, it's, it's funny because sometimes Jesus will pass by and we'll, we'll shoot them prayers out. And they just don't come up that first time. And then we just throw in the towel because the chatterbox begins to talk. But if you've got, like he said this morning, if you've got a target and you've got determination, it'll get you to a place where you're more worried about your sight being open than the crowd and the noise. We've been studying a book in our small groups calling Crashing the Chatterbox, and it's that constant voice that is contrary to the Word of God. If anything ever crosses your mind and tells you anything less than you're full of the Holy Spirit, power, and dominion, and you're a son or daughter of Christ, it's junk. Trash it. If it's anything else, if it doesn't align with that truth, throw it out. We got to quit entertaining ideas that will never give us progress, but instead they're completely contrary to the very foundation Jesus is trying to set. They're not only not positive ideas, they're destructive ideas. They're not even wanting to leave you where you're at. They're wanting to make you go back. We've got to stop entertaining junk. We've got to stop entertaining the crowd. What do you want? Like he asked this morning. Man, that was so good. Jesus! I'm blind. I need you. Shut up. No. Jesus! He was determined to get what he needed. God gave me this revelation as clear as I'm talking to you. He said, I'm passing by. For Life Church, not for Colby, not for the pastor, not for Josh, not for Scott. I'm passing by. What do you need? And I love this. Oh, man. Can you give me my next scripture? And throwing aside his garment, he rose, came to Jesus. Next one. And Jesus answered him. Man, Holy Spirit, you're so good. I love that he used what he had and he got Jesus' attention. Jesus is passing by. Are you going to use what you've already got? He used what he had and said, got the greatest open-ended invitation I've ever heard. What do you need from me? Not you're healed. Not I've healed your blindness. Not go and sin no more. What do you need from me? Life Church is in an opportunity. If you use what you got, you're going to get an open-ended call from Jesus that says, what do you need? We don't know what that's like because we don't use what we have. We lay by the road, and as soon as the crowd begins to talk, that voice in my mind begins to tell me something contrary to the Word of God. I lay dormant and allow Jesus to pass by. You know what's so awesome? If he would have laid there, he'd still be blind. He would have died blind. But we are in the exact same position. I'm, I want to walk into a church that I know that at any given time, a person's going to begin to manifest the power of Holy Spirit because they realize they need Jesus and they're willing to use what they have. It's about perspective. When you stop worrying about the crowd's opinion, they will join you. I thought this was awesome. started a, a new job a while back and just worked with some different guys. And the same guy I'm here on Sunday mornings, I'm the guy at work. 
I'm not, I, I refuse to be somebody that I teach I, I am. I want to go to my job and people see Jesus. I want to go to my job and them realize the Holy Spirit's available. But it is a constant noise to be something different. It is a constant crowd, slight chatter to shift who I believe and choose to be. But I am bound and determined I need Jesus. And I'm bound and determined the crowd needs Jesus. And when they see Jesus and I get off myself and what I don't have and focus on Jesus, it's crazy that shift. Miss Beth's already got it right there. Come on, you got his attention. Because the world is looking to get Jesus' attention, but they don't have access. They don't have that relationship, me and you have. If you live in sin, you're blind to the things of God. You have no relationship. You can't get close. The only prayer he hears is your prayer for salvation, period. You can't get close like I can get close, but my relationship, you can eat the fruit of. See, but we don't, we don't think about that. We think my relationship's about the fruit I can produce for me and my family. No, I want to produce fruit that's low-hanging that everybody I go around can just come up and eat off of. But see, my focus has got to be Jesus and not what I don't have. Because let's be honest, I don't have a lot of things. <laughs> I, uh, I love it because I can't sing. <laughs> I've tried dancing. Ooh, man, that's, that's even worse. I can barely preach, and it's only under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I don't have a lot of talents. But I'm not focused on what I don't have. I'm focused on what God put in me to give out. See, we spend our entire life, we're blind and we have a need. And instead of seeing that I'm blind and using my voice and my legs and what I have to do what I can do, I say, well, if I was deaf but I could see, then I would, then I would make a move. Uh, well, if my legs didn't work but I could see and I could talk, then I could actually, I would be able to see Jesus and I'd be able to position and it, would, it wouldn't hurt my dignity. My legs don't work and that's kind of embarrassing, but... If I could see, you know, I wouldn't just be talking off in the crowd. I could save my dignity because, you know, I could really get Jesus' attention. What makes you think that if you had something else that wasn't wrong with you and something else, you'd be the same way. We look at these anointings and different things. Well, if I had that, I would do it. No, you would be just as lazy with that anointing as the one you have. It doesn't shift. I had to realize that. I wasn't Josh. I wasn't pastor. I can't preach like either one of them. I can't present the, the text like they do, but I refuse to justify spiritual laziness with my inability to have what somebody else has. You have what I'll never be able to do. You have what I'll never be able to be. You have what I'll never be able to do. But you're wasting it wishing you had what somebody else had. You've got what nobody else has. Use what you've got. We're unwilling to lose our dignity to yell for Jesus. When we have no dignity, claiming to have a God full of power with none displayed. Can you put up my text up there? I just, man, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not text. De uh, my definition for dignity. Right quick. I just thought this was really good. 
Dignity is the quality of being worthy of honor and respect. Are people not giving your, your walk honor and respect? It's because you're claiming something you don't have. But see, if I walk around saying Jesus is good, Holy Spirit's powerful, and God is the King of kings, Lord of lords, he's my healer, he's uh, everything I've ever needed, but you walk in a power, uh, I mean a life completely devoid of power in the very thing you speak of, the dignity you're trying to uh, protect, you don't even have. Because a dignity is the quality of being worthy of honor and respect. It has nothing to do with you. It's the life you live that represents Jesus, that gets dignity, that's actually something that has substance. But you live trying to keep dignity that you don't have. We have to get out of selfish motive mindsets that I'm protecting something I never worked in. I can't tell somebody God is good and he has power to heal if my whole family's reamed out of bad health. But we don't want to talk about that because it makes us feel uncomfortable when it don't happen. We, me and Taylor have prayed about things that didn't happen. It didn't adjust my mindset. I didn't readjust my theology. I pushed into God harder. But we adjust our theology off of our lack of power and come up with false identity off of false teaching we've created in our mind. You're living by a false gospel. You wrapped in lies. Buy in to the power that is the word of God that says signs, wonders, and miracles will follow those who believe. Jesus, it says if they wrote about all the miracles he did, the book, the world couldn't contain the books. And then he said, you're going to do even greater things. How can you live a life devoid of power and justify it? We have to stop justifying it. I mean, I'm so obsessed with that scripture by Paul. He said, I'm just trying to get what's got me. I don't have it. I don't have it all figured out. I'm just trying to get a hold of what's got me. I can't ignore scriptures, Miss Beth, that say I should do even greater things than Jesus did and live completely devoid of power and then build a gospel around it and tell other people it's okay. We've got churches on every corner that are completely powerless and then created a gospel around it and then shepherd a people to live powerless. You want to know why you have a community that never seen signs, wonders, and miracles? Because they believe that's the way life was supposed to be. Don't tell me I'm supposed to live in a place of devoid power life and on the butt end of everything when my gospel tells me completely different. Don't justify a theology of you not having the drive to go deeper into Christ. Don't build theology around laziness. Get up, pursue Jesus, and figure out what this thing's about. <laughs> dignity is a quality of being worthy of honor and respect. Lose your dignity and you'll gain it. Lose what you think dignity's supposed to look like, and Jesus will restore some dignity. Jesus will restore some respect that man can't steal from you. You hear me? It's funny because I've had a lot of people try to get on Facebook and bash me. I've had a lot of people at work talk behind my back, but they can't rob me of something Jesus put in place. I lost my dignity a long time ago. I'm not looking to gain it through a man anymore. I want to jump over and talk about a story about the Israelites. God laid this on me. I just feel like we need to go there. Israelites, it's all about perspective, what you see, how you view your life, how you view God, how you view what he put in your life. It's about perspective. Israelites walking through the wilderness for 40 years. They get their opportunity. They're right on the brink of walking into the promised land of everything that was promised and given. 
And then he gets in a position where they go in and they view the circumstances bigger than they view their God. They took their mindset away from Jesus and the promise and begin to buy into what everything else is saying. I'm done with that life. And I believe Life Church is done with that too. I believe we have people that are on the brink of understanding it's not about me and what I can and I can hold on to. See, the biggest thing is I, I, we get in this mindset of I need to hold on to comfort and dignity and pride, and I've got to build myself up, and I've got to open doors of opportunity because, you know, i got to strive, i got to do those things. you got to work for the kingdom. You have to do something. Laziness is unacceptable in the kingdom of God, period. On any scale, don't justify it. It'll leave you in a rut. But if you get in this place of I'm trying to obtain what God said I would put in place, you'll live a life that's void, and at the end of it, you'll look back and say, why didn't I live in those things? Why didn't I understand those things? Why didn't I get to work, at, work in words of knowledge? Why didn't I get to pray for people and they get healed? Why didn't I get to do this? Because it was your choice. You justified a lack of confidence in Jesus Christ and then built a life around it. But see, if you take a step back and you're willing to lay down pride, I love scriptures that says like Holy Spirit is my comforter because obviously that means I have to get uncomfortable for him to do his job. See, I'm tired of doing what Jesus said he would do. I'm just stripping off pride and dignity and comfort, and I'm stepping into a place where Holy Spirit can use me and be what he was called to be. Because, see, if you never get uncomfortable, he doesn't ever get to do his job. But we spend our entire lives trying to be comfortable, and therefore we never experience true comfort, so we live a life of dissatisfaction that's never pleasing to God because he's screaming at you, just I want to make sure I got all covered all my stuff here. We waste what we have saying we would do if we had something else and miss Jesus altogether. But Jesus is passing by. I told I talked about that this morning. I just want to go in a little more detail on it. Uh, I got sick last Wednesday night. I was running the van, and, man, I just, I got to where I couldn't even talk. I was just trying to hold my stomach. I felt like I was going to get rid of some stuff. <laughs> and uh, uh, I got home, and, I, I mean, I haven't been sick in a long time. I mean, it's probably been three four years. It's just like a little cold. But, I mean, you can ask Taylor. I walked in, and she was trying to talk to me, and my teeth were chattering. And, I mean, I was just shaking. I could not get that fever to go down. I took some Tylenol, and I was just doing what I thought I was supposed to do, and I, I was trying to get it uh, handled. And I, and I went in there, and I, I was burning up, but I was freezing cold. So I tried to take a hot shower, and I got out. My teeth were still chattering. And, and about that time, Taylor got done with what she was doing. Immediately, she wanted to pray. She called up me, and she wanted to pray. So I sat down beside her, and I was, I, I mean, the whole time she was praying, I could, I could barely hear because my teeth were chattering so loud. I was just shivering. And while she was praying, Holy Spirit said, ain't this cool? I was like, not really. I'm, I'm burning up right now. This sucks pretty bad. He said, no, you got me. I was like, and, it, and it's, my wheels started turning. And, I, and, I was, and then I went in there. I was doing something else, got me some Gatorade or something. And he said, ain't it cool that you got me? See, because before, you didn't have me. I wasn't available. You hadn't asked my son to live in your heart, and I wasn't available. You weren't adopted. You weren't my son. You weren't an heir to everything I gave you. 
but isn't it cool that you got me? A lot of us don't have him. God revealed to me the other day, it says in the scripture, we throw it out a lot. It says, uh, he came that I may have life and life more abundantly. Do you think when the Israelites were standing outside of the promised land that that was abundant life? No. That was the land of barely enough. But we justify the land of barely enough and say that God's trying to keep me humble. He's not trying to keep you humble. You're just too scared to tap into the promise. See, because I'm not talking about overflowing bank accounts. I'm not talking about overflowing milk and honey. Air I'm talking about I'm more wealthy now than I've ever been, and I make the least amount of money I've ever made. Because I walk in a life that is abundant of the promised land, and that's power to intervene in a situation that any other time when I didn't have him, I just, I remember I, me and Taylor have the same heart on this, and it's uh, uh, children with disabilities. I remember it used to break my heart when I would see kids hurt or I would see kids going through this or see kids sick with cancer. And, and, and I, I always remember, even when I wasn't saved, it would just break my heart. But I couldn't do nothing about it. I was devoid of a power, and he wasn't available. And what he told me the other night running that fever, he said, ain't it cool that you got me? Yeah, it is cool. Because the other day we ran into a waiter and got to pray for her ankle, and God healed it. And then we got to meet these little kids, and, and, and any time we go anywhere, we're just looking for an opportunity because... It's available, and I'm not focused on what I don't have. I'm focused on what I do have, and I do have Jesus. I do have Holy Spirit, and it's available. We have to recognize what we were created to be and stop justifying a life of inadequacy. Barna, blind Bartimaeus had inadequacies. He was blind. I have inadequacies outside of Christ, but when I get his attention... When I use what I do have, then I've got Jesus here and everything else is a level playing field. I'm no longer just a redneck that can't get up in front of people and talk. I have the ability to get up and give you a word from Jesus Christ. We've got to take our focus off what I don't have and put it on Jesus and getting his attention. Can you play? You think you can? So, like, I... <laughs> I'm just all about some opportunity. But I was talking with Holy Spirit. Man, I just, I love that guy. He's so much fun. But it's so cool when you realize you got him. You got him. Stop building a life around trying to figure it out yourself. Just go in it with Holy Spirit, man. You know how many times I've been driving in my truck and just life get really overwhelming? And I just be like, okay, turn the radio off. Holy Spirit, what's up? I, I, I ain't got, I don't even know how to go deeper. You know how many times I'll come over here in prayer and just, man, I just want to go deep, but I have no idea how to do it. So I get past my stupid pride and comfort, and I say, I have no idea how to do this. I have not a clue how to speak to people in public about you. I have no idea how to pray for people when they get healed. Will you show me? I'm taking my focus off of what I don't have, and I'm putting it on who I have. And that's Jesus. When you start realizing you've got him, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, he's my dad. We throw it out so sporadically and random, but we have no truth and substance in it. We live lives completely void of the very thing we tell everybody we've got. Don't wrap yourself in a gospel full of lies. Wrap yourself in Jesus. Stop trying to be something the world tells you you can't be. Be, Jesus. be like Jesus. Be who he called you to be. 
It's so simple. <laughs> it's, I spent so many years making it so complex when it was so simple. Chase after Jesus. Everything else works out, come on. Everything else falls into place. Then I'm created new and I have a heart for people who are hurting and I have a heart for kids who are sick. I have a heart for kids growing up without families that just need guidance. I grew up a redneck in a town that was super racist and now I get to be mentors to all these little black kids. It's so much fun. But it's awesome because I'm not who the world told me I was supposed to be. I bought in to who I am in Christ. I don't want to see Live Church sit on the bench and watch power and dominion fall by the wayside. It's a waste for you to build a gospel that says you can't do it. Stop buying into something that isn't Jesus. Stop buying into a lie. We have to stop justifying our inability to walk in what he said we could do and build a life around it. Stop. We have to realize, I mean, I listened to the best message ever by Eric Johnson the other day. He said, I just, I took a month off and I began to ask God. And he just told me I had some areas of my life that were built on the rock. But then I had some areas of my life that were built on the sand. And he gave this example of this tree out in the forest. He was getting ready to do some firewood with a friend. And he said they went out there to get this tree and it was a huge, beautiful tree. It didn't look like it was dead. He said it still had leaves growing on it and stuff like that, but it was uprooted and it fell down. And Eric asked his buddy, he said, what, what happened in this tree? He said, well, this tree grew up with all this stuff around it its whole life. And then when, it, when they come in and they, uh, they uh, thinned it, they come in and thinned it, that that tree couldn't hold the weight of the wind anymore, so it fell. See, we see a life that's like this because we've got areas of our life built on sand and it's all good when we're secluded in the family of life church. But as soon as you get out in the world and the wind starts to blow a little bit, it crumbles and you're back to rebuilding. I'm tired of rebuilding. I'm ready to add on. But see, we're constantly in a state of starting over and I'm never in a state of growth. You know, you ever seen those sandcastle competitions when they build them big, beautiful sand? I never knew if they keep those things up with hairspray. He said they get hands of care, cans of hairspray and just soak them dudes down and hold them up. I just thought that was so neat. But he said that's how we are. Instead of building a life on a rock, we just carry a can of hairspray. We carry a void gospel that justifies me having to always rebuild and never gaining more. You want to know why you're constantly living in this little area like this? Because you have built a justification gospel around your inability to grow. Lose your pride, lose your comfort, and rebuild on the rock. If you get over yourself and, and realize that, God, I have built a theology around the fact I have no power. I've justified it with things like my dad didn't do it, my mom didn't do it, I've got too cruddy of a past, or that was created for somebody else. I'm not a prophet, I'm not a healer, I can't do those things. I wasn't called to do those things. I'll be a good Christian, and I will fill a pew on Sunday mornings, and I will worship with the best of them, but when I leave here, it's just, it's got I'm going to be a good person. That's not what you were called to be. You weren't just be called to be a morally good person. You were called to wreck 
hell. You were called to get up every morning and ruin Satan's plans that day. I get joy out of it. I get joy out of the fact I get to crush what he thought he was going to get to do today. I'm going to screw up everything he, had, he thought he had figured out today. He just didn't realize I was going to wake up. He just didn't realize I knew who I was, and I didn't build a theology around my lack of power, but I'm diving in to power. So this is what we're going to do. Jermaine, will you hit those lights for me, the main house lights, brother? I believe your miracle is waiting for you tonight. And so long, I put, it's funny because I told Josh a little while back, I'm sorry I've had you playing so long. I told Josh a little while back that I had built a box and put Jesus in it. I got so focused on signs, wonders, and miracles in the body, like health-wise. I had built that box of really great things, but it was still a box. No matter how good it was, it was built full of miracles. But it was a box. And God told me this weekend, you were going to get your miracle right here. You were going to get... If you wanted it, he was going to break down the void gospel you've built your life on. And he's going to start rebuilding on the rock that is him. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.